Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're going to be learning Maseches Yuma Daf Ches, and we'll be starting four lines from the top of the page. Um, in order to prepare for tomorrow night's blot, which is a little bit longer, uh, we're going to be learning most of Testament Aleph as well, um, and that will hopefully just kind of space things out timing-wise to get our learning uh, in order. Last night we were discussing the idea of whether or not if the seats of the coin was hanging on a hook, if it, the tzitz was hanging on a hook, would it be effective? There we saw machlokas. And one of the challenges in the psukim is that it says that, uh, it seems to say that only when you wear it does it work. And challenge number two seems to say that it's tamid. So which one is it? So we began this conversation yesterday. Let's continue it on ches four lines down. According to Rabbi Shimon, who says that even when the tzitz is hanging on a peg, it still can have ritsui. Well, what does he do? It seems to be that the Pasuk indicates that it's only true when it is al-mitzchov. So it says the Gemara, that Pasuk is not meant to teach you that it functions, tamid, that the, that the tzit is miratza tamid, but rather, that's to tell you where it goes on the body. What would you have known? You saw it. See, it could have been a belt. We have no idea how it could have been worn. So the heat says that the word tamid indicates that, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be tamid. There's going to be ritui. The tits will always help, even if it's hanging on a hook, even if it's not on the head of the coin. And what does the Pasuk mean when it says, um, when it says on mitzchov and asa, that's to teach us where on the body the coin's supposed to wear. So ask the Gemara, if that's how the Pasuk is learned by Rib Shimon, to say that we now know the location of where the tzitz needs to be worn. What is his balplug to do with it? Rabbi Huda, how does he know where the tzitz should be worn? We know according to the shita of Rabbi Shimon how it works out. Tamid means that even when it's hanging on the hook, the tzitz can be helpful. But what about the word al-mitzvah that teaches me where you wear it on your body? So what does Rabbi uh, Huda do with that? Nafgaleh answers the Gemara, six, seven lines down on Ches Medalaf. Nafgaleh, al-mitzvah, there's two psukim. One is mitzchov and asa. One is al mitzchov. The second pasuk indicates to him the location, but he, Rabbi Yehuda, still holds that it's not tamid. You don't get the ritui of the tits twenty four seven, even if it's hanging on a hook. The kohen gadol has to be wearing it in order for there to be ritui. So that's uh, his explanation. And and eight lines down, the Gemara pushes back a little bit and says, "Well, if we have another pasuk to teach us the location." So then you should use it. Then you should use it, implying that it should then be, t- the tamid should actually work. So it says the Gemara, what does he do with al-mitzvah? Yeah, Itaka could have learned from there, the location. Ella, al-mitzvah If that's true, that he learned from al-mitzvah, the location, then we have to go back to what our, the other Pasuk was saying. What is the Pasuk of al-mitzvah v'nasa ma'abileh? Al-marlach, ro'i lametzach meratzeh, ro'i lametzach Yes, it goes on your head, but this extra Pasuk is teaching us the following. The tzitz has to be functional enough to be put on your head. What does that mean? Says the Gemara, that if the tzitz is broken, I don't care where you're putting it, on your head or not on your head. If the tzitz is broken, we have to define what does it mean to be broken? Is it dented? Is it cracked? Is it bent? I, I don't know. The Gemara doesn't say. But if the tzitz is, uh, is broken, then everyone agrees that there is no research. So that's the machlokes and how each of Shimon and Rabbi Huda understand these psukim. That is how they look at uh, this discussion about whether or not the tzitz is miratza 24-7 hanging on a hook, or is it only miratza when it's on the head of the coin gadol? But it seems to be that there is a consensus that if it's broken, it does not work. So it says the Gemara, that's how Rabbi Shemenek understands it. Where does he learn it from? According to the previous sheet of Rabbi Shemenek, he learns it from a Pasuk. But where 
Where does Rabbi Yehuda learn that a broken sitz doesn't work? Because it uses the word metach and mitzvah, two different words, slightly different. Same root, of course, metach, but there's two different uh, iterations of the word. So that's where he learns it from Ivar of Shimon. What do you do with that drasha? Everyone has to be even Stephen. You have to be, have a pshat in every single word. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It says the Gemara of Shimon, metach mitzvah He's like, that's... <laughs> You can't make a drash out of everything. And just because the two words are similar doesn't mean that there's an extra letter or anything of the sort. Metzach mitzchah is not enough of a reason to make a drasha. And that brings us to the end of the first section of today. We're one third of the way down on Ches Merala. For the next Amud, we're going to make the following comparison. Um, the machlokas we learned about yesterday, about whether Tuma is Hutra B'tzimor or Tuma is Dechuya B'tzimor, do we say that that's comparable to the following machlokas, which we'll learn momentarily, but just to review, do we say that Tumas Hutcher B'tzibor, what does that mean? If Tumas Hutcher B'tzibor, then when you're doing something for the Tzibor and there's Tuma, we don't care. It's Mamash Mutter. No problem at all. It's Lechachila to do that work. Or do we say, no, the Tuma is Dechuya B'tzibor? We do care, but we're ma- we allow for it to happen, but it's done B'dichui. It's, it's, we'll just call it B'dichui. So when someone is Tamei B'tzibor, can the act of the Korban be done Lechachila or can it be done B'dichui? So says the Gemara, that machlokas that we've been hyper-analyzing for the last day, how far does that go? Maybe even a better way to say it is where does it come from? One third of the way down, the Gemara says, Nema, maybe we should say that Hani Tanoi, the Tanoim that we were just discussing above, about the Machlokas of whether Tumas Hutcher B'tzibor Duchuya B'tzibor, maybe they're Kahani Tanoi, like the following Brisa. What Brisa says that? Says the Brisa as follows. The Tanya, the Brisa says, this is, uh, we learned this on Daf Dalet, Echad Zev, Echad Zev, whether or not we're talking about the Kohen Gadol in his Sheva Yimei Prisha. Or whether or not we're talking about the coin who's going to do the paraduma during his Sheva Yimei Prisha, Mazen alav kol shiva mikol They would get sprinkled with the mechatas throughout the seven days that they were there. Dire Reb, Reb Meir. Reb Yossi Omer, he, here's the dissenting opinion. So Shita number one, they get all seven days. They're sprinkled with mechatas during their seven days of Afrasha, both the coin Gadol and the coin who's going to do the paraduma. But the dissenting opinion states, Rabbi Yossi Omer, mazen This we're somewhat familiar with, familiar with, that they need to have azah on shlishi and on shvi on the third day of the seven and on the seventh day of the seven. The third opinion in the Brisa, Rabbi Chanina Skana Kohanim Omer, listen, it, it, not everything is going to work out perfectly. He says the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen is going to do the Para Aduma, things are different for each of them. They're not exactly the same. So how does he understand? The Kohen says, a Kohen the Kohen is going to do the paraduma. So by him, we say Mazen Alav Kol Shiva, that he has to, um, that he has to get the Hazza for all seven days. Kohen Hagadol B'Yom HaKippurim, Ein Mazen Alav Shvi. So we see a distinction. So this is the Machlokas. Shita number one was the Shita of Rav Meir. He says that both the Kohen Gadol for Yom Kippur and the Kohen is doing paraduma, all seven days they get sprinkling. The second shita, the shita of Rav Yossi. Rav Yossi is of the opinion it's only Shlishi and Shvi for both of them. And the third opinion splits the difference. And he says, Rav Chanina Skana Kohanim says, it depends. By the Kohen Gadol, on Yom HaKippurim. Let's see what he says here. Says the Gemara. The, by the Kohen HaSorif HaSapar, he says they get all seven days. And the Kohen Gadol for Yom Kippur, he gets Shlishi and Shvi. So asks the Gemara, maybe this brisa is indicative of our Machlokas, of whether Tumas Hutcher B'tzibor, or Tumas Duchu Yibetzibor. Let's see how it works. On my lab, we're halfway down. On Davches, Amr Aleph. So it says the Gemara as follows. It looks like I missed a question here. Sorry about that. Oh, it's not a question. Okay, fine. 
So um, the Gemara says, my love, maybe the comparison between our machlokas of Tumah Hutcher B'tzibor and Tumah Duchoy B'tzibor, similar to this machlokas, Rav Meir, Rav Meir, who's of the opinion that you need a lot of sprinkling all seven days, what does he hold? Rav Meir Sovar, Tumah Duchoy B'tzibor. Because it's B'dyeved to do the Hakrava, right? Because Tumah Duchoy B'tzibor, Therefore, when you're Tameh, or when we're Choshesh that you're Tameh, the seven days of Afrasha, you therefore need sprinkling every day because Tumas Dechuyah B'tzibor, that lines up nicely. You're concerned about being Tameh. Maybe within the seven days before your Afrasha, you were exposed to a Tameh Mezka. We're going to be sprinkling water all over you all seven days. We're concerned because Tumas Dechuyah B'tzibor. Mashain Kain Yosi Savar Tuma, and the languages should be changed in the Gemara to Hutra. According to Rav Yossi, he says, And because Tuma is mutter, you don't need all seven days. We just do the minimum of Shlishi and Shvi. That's, uh, that's the Havamin of the Gemara. And maybe we can compare our Machlokas of Tuma Hutcher B'tzibur and Tuma Duchu to this case as well, of how, how much sprinkling takes place. Says the Gemara, you can't say that. You can't say that. Betizbara. Is that a logical thing to say? Betizbara from the word Svara, Savar. Is that logical what you're saying? Of course, it's not logical because... Rabiosi, who was the lenient one, Rabiosi said that the coin Gadol by Yom Kippur and the coin who was Sorif Asapara that they had to be sprinkled only on Shlishi and Shvi. But Vitzizbra, is it logical to say that he holds that it's Tumah Hutcher B'tzibor? Isava Rabiosi heter he B'tzibor. If Tumah's mamish Mutter B'tzibor, then Hazor Klal Lamali, then I don't need any Hazor. What with Shlishi and Shvi? If you're telling me that it's mamish Mutter, why are we doing, doing Hazor Shlishi and Shvi? Should we zero it on? Ella says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, we reject this, uh, this Havamina. We do not assume that the Machlokas between Reb Yossi and Reb, uh, who is the first one, and Reb Meir, and this Mishnah that we just learned, is talking about what we think it's talking about. Ella de Kule Alma. Everyone agrees that in this Brisa that we just learned about whether or not they get Hazor for seven days or two days, uh, everyone, Dekule Alma, Hani Tanoi, Savre, Tuma, Everyone agrees that Tuma is Dekule, Yibetzibor. And this Brisa, we just learned at the top of the page here. Here's really what Rav Meir and Rav Yossi are arguing about. Last of the short line, Rav Meir Savar Amrinan Tfila Bismana Mitzvah. He says that Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah. Rav Yossi Savar Lo Amrinan Tfila Bismana Mitzvah. However, Rav Yossi is of the opinion that Tvila Bismana is not a mitzvah. This is a big machlokas by Hilchos Nida. If a woman has to go to the mikvah. Uh, you know, I, this, uh, Shiloh, I presented this Shiloh to Rabbi Robinson a couple of months ago. Someone in the community presented a, a Vedika cloth. I was in the middle of nowhere, and I was the only rabbi around, and I had some shimush, but I can't really pass in typical tomorrow. So I saw the mom, I'm like, I can't answer the question. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I for sure can't be Matir, and I'm not going to be Oser. I just, I, I don't know what to tell you. I called Rabbi Robinson. He said, wait until tomorrow. I can say, wait until tomorrow. It's feel a mitzvah. See, the answer is we don't pass in that way. We, we pass in the tefillah bismana is a mitzvah. So that machlokas is quoted here and applies over there. Either way, this would explain the difference. This would explain the difference between Rav Meir and Rav Yossi. Rav Meir, who says tefillah bismana mitzvah, he says, well, maybe this person has a chiv to go to the to the mikvah every single day. We compare mikvah to hazah, and therefore all of the seven days of his prisha, he's going to be sprinkled on all of those days by the mechatas. And Masha'in Ken Rav Yossi, first of the long lines, Rabbi Yossi says, mitzvah. we don't have a requirement to be tovel every single day. It's not the case. Uh, so we, we do the minimum requirements, which is only to do the, the hazan on sh- shlishi and shvi. So says the Gemara, that's a nice answer, except for one thing. You got Rabbi Yossi wrong. The Rabbi Yossi you just quoted here seems to say that lo amrinan tefillah bismana mitzvah. 
However, asks the Gemara, the suburb of Yossi, Loam Rinan Tvilabizmana Mitzvah, you tried to paint the picture that our machlokes could be explained by whether or not we hold Tvilabizmana Mitzvah, and you said that Rabbi Yossi does not hold of it. Hatanya, but that's not true. Two lines into the wide lines. That doesn't make sense. We have a Brisa that says otherwise. Hare, Shahaya Shame, Kosubal Besoro. Let's say that a person wrote Shame Hashem on their hand. Okay, that's not a good idea. He cannot shower. He cannot put oil on him. He also can't stand in a place where there's makamatinofes. What? We're afraid he's going to be mochek shem Hashem. Exactly. The tinofes, it's multiple concerns. The first part is that it might just come up. The first two concerns, I should say, of lo yirchatz and lo yisoch is that it might come up. Lo yamok b'makam tinofes is the same as true when we try to learn. If you're learning and there's a dirty diaper in the room, you can't learn? By baby's diaper, you can't. Until the baby eats, the diaper is not considered so. But that, uh, that's not really relevant here. But that, that's what uh, the Gemara is saying in, the, in this b'risa, is that if a person did have that on there, by the way, nafkamina would be if they got a tattoo. If you got a tattoo, you could shower all you want. It's not coming off. Now it's us, sir. Got, bigger, right? got bigger problems, <laughs> but at least you wouldn't have this concern because uh, I just saw this. In the, I'm not this exact thing, but the, whatever. Okay, there's people in our community have tattoos. They are in the mikvah. They go regularly to from now. They're bala chuba. Beautiful. But um, there's a big shy. I did a circumcision in a family's house, and I walked into their house, hanging over the door. It said Hashem's name, like Mamish Yud, and then Hey, and then Vov, and then Hey, like. <laughs> Like burial, Geniza, like really, he was wearing a baseball hat. Also, Yud Kevavke with Hashem's name on it. I wanted to buy it off of him and bury it, but I, I didn't. I should have. I, probably should have. I don't know what that is. Anybody know? What do you do? I don't know. I have no idea. So, anyways, that's the don't get tattoos. But that's what the Gemara. That's what the Gemara says here is that we were concerned about it. So he says that you're not allowed to shower. You can't anoint yourself, and you also can't stand somewhere with Shema Hashem on your skin, in a place where it's Malkam Atinofes, in a place where it's halachically considered to be dirty. Now, what if let's say that he has a chiv to go to the mikvah? Okay, so what do we do then? So the halacha is korechal of gemi v'tovel. You wrap something around the shem Hashem that's emblazoned on your arm, and then you can jump into the mikvah. What about chatzitza? It must be that the water is able to get there, and we cover shem Hashem so that it's not exposed, but it has to be absorbent and moisture to go to uh, to the mikvah. When you have something that uh, the women who go to the mikvah, and they have they even have stitches, the post come right. If you have stitches, that's a problem. They're, they're, they could be tight enough on your skin that water, usually if you put in stitches right, that's not how they should be. It'll be a little bit loose, but uh, nevertheless, these are real shyness in the post So it has to be that water can still get there. Then that's the sheets of the Tanakama. What does Rabiosi say? Rabiosi Omer, Yorid Vitoval Kedarko, He pushes the envelope. He says, go jump in the water and go do your mikvah. Why? The Kaimalan, the reason why. Rabbi says that he should go into the mikvah without even covering with a gemi is because the tefillah bismana mitzvah, the tanakama kamiflage. That's what they're arguing about. The tanakama savar, the tanakama who says that this guy who wrote in ink on his arm, yud kevavke, the problem is over there. He holds that he loamrin on tefillah bismana mitzvah because we don't say tefillah bismana as a mitzvah, so you're not going to be tovel regularly. Masha'en kein Rabbi savar amrin on tefillah bismana mitzvah. Rabbi is of the opinion Ataka, we do say Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah because Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah, you total regularly. But that's a stira because five lines ago, you tried to explain the Mishnah above when we say that there is a sheet of Rabbi that it's only Shlishi and Shvi that they get the Hazah. You said that he must hold the opposite of this. It seems that he holds that Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah. So you have a machlokas between two Rabbi Yossi's. You made an error. And the Gemara agrees with that. We're eight lines from the bottom. The Gemara says, you're right. You're right. We, mis, uh, we miscalculated. 
Ella says the Gemara de Kule Alma Lahani Tanoi Amrinon Tfila Bismana Mitzvah Bahaka Bahakami forget. You're right. We tried as a second explanation to explain our Mishnah, to explain our Bryce at the top of the page about Hazah, to say that maybe it's all about Tzvila Bismana Mitzvah. We said no. Everyone agrees that that's not the case. Uh, really, Hacha Bahakami forget. Rav Meir Savar Makshinan Hazah the Tzvila. Rav Meir is of the opinion that we make a full comparison of Hazah to Tzvila. And because we make a full comparison of Azot to Tfilah, so therefore, because he's going to go to the mikvah all of those days, he should also do Azot for all of those days. And this is the answer to our, our quandary. We started out by saying maybe we should compare our machlokes of Tumahutra B'tzibur and Tumaduchuya B'tzibur to the case of Hazor, Meir, and Rav Yossi. Says Gemara, at the end, you can't compare. That's not what that mission is talking about. That Mishnah is not talking about Tumahotra B'tzibor, Tumahotra B'tzibor is talking about whether or not we compare Tzvila Tazah. It's totally a sidestep. It has nothing to do with our sugya at all. Says the Gemara, as the parentheses, because we didn't focus on his shita, but the third shita in that brisa, we saw Rav Meir, and we saw Rav Yossi, and then we saw the shita that, remember, one, the one that split the difference of Rav Chanin Askana Kohanim. He said that it really depends. It depends on... Um, whether you're the coin Gadol or you're the one who saw Rav Esapara, different approaches for different ones. Says the Gemara, you, gotta, you, you can't really split the difference if this is how we understand the Mishnah. If we're going to say that really we do compare Hazar to Tefillah, then the coin should even be able to go uh, to get Hazar on Yom Kippur. And then if, if we don't make the comparison, then the person who saw as Esapara shouldn't have it at all. So how do we understand the Shita Rav Chanina Skan Kohanim? Gemara answers three lines from the bottom. Lo'olam lo'makish, really midina. Rav Yochanan Skan Kohanim does not make the comparison of Azot to Tvila. The Kohen Asar Fesapara Maila Ba'alman. It's not really Le'ikuba that the person who Sarif Fesapara should get the Hazar. He doesn't need it, but it's the Maila Ba'alma that he should be get get the Hazar. That he should get the sprinklings of the Mechatos. Says the Gemara. Uh, let's ask. Uh, let's continue this line of thinking just a little bit further. Two lines from the bottom. Aches Aleph. We say that there's no difference between the Kohen who's Sorif Esapara uh, to the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Ella, what? As we turn to the top of Chesim Amad Beis, one of them is about Kedusha and making sure that he stays Kadosh. So that's if you take a look at the top Rashi, Dibur Hamaschal, Shazep Prishasal, the Kedusha, Likanis Lamachan Eshchina. We separate him so that he's not involved in the shmutz of the community. He's just going to be in an elevated place. So if that's the case, then he can be touched by other people because it's only a question of Kedusha. The Kohanim is the reason. They're from people. It's a from crowd. So then we don't mind if people touch him. We're not worried about too much. Everybody's from. Second line, but the the Efer, the, the Kohen who's being separated to be that's not about Kedusha. It's not about avoiding things that are, you know, shmutz, but rather it's about remaining Tahor. And if that's the case, but that's the only difference, says the Gemara. But come on, who she does that like from the brides that we just learned? Answers the Gemara, oh, Rav Meir, oh, Rav Yossi, we could understand it like either opinions, which was either categorical, like Rav Meir, that they get Hazah all seven days, or like Rav Yossi, that they only get Hazah Shlishi and Shvi that had, was consistent for both. However, Rav Yossi, it can't be, I'm sorry, Rav Chanina, Rav Chanina Skan Kohanim, Ha'ikanamiha. According to Rav Chanina Skan Kohanim, we have another difference from our Gemara. What's the difference from our Gemara? Our Gemara says, Ain Bain, right? There's no difference except for one. He says the only difference is the, the Prisha of Kedusha versus the Prisha of Tara. That's not true. We also have our difference. What difference is that? Rashi on the fifth line tells us what it is. 
Rashi says, so ikanami shiva. Our Mishnah is a second Nafkamina. So that's uh, it has to be that the that this price is not like the opinion of Rabbi Yosef Rebchanina. The Gemara and Chesamid Beis moves along in the sugya of the, the sheet of Shlishi and Shvi, the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, that the Kohen Gadol and or the Sore Fesapara uh, uh, was to get a Hazan, Shlishi and Shvi. But the problem is like this. If you, here's how the Gemara presents the question. Maski Flar Rabbi Bishlama Rishon Shema Shlishi. I understand, according to the Shita that says you actually need to get it every day, maybe he's just concerned that your day one of your Prisha was the third day of your Tuma, right? Let's say that you separated on uh, Gimel Tishrei for the sake of Yom Kippur. So if you go back three days to the last day of Elul, maybe you were Matame, you were Matame Mace that day. And what's your day three? Day one, because you have you were not Nifrash yet. We hadn't separated you yet. So let's just do the math. 10 days before Yom Kippur, so then what's your day three? That's the day of your Afrasha. So then Rishon Shemesh Lishi. Maybe day one of the Afrasha is actually the third day from the day of your exposure to a maze. Sheni also Shemesh Lishi. Maybe the second day of your seven is really the third day from the time you saw a maze. Well, only two days before. And as well, Shlishi Shema Shlishi. I put a comma in the wrong place here. Shlishi Shema Shlishi. Maybe the third day of your Prisha is the third day from the time you, you crossed, uh, you saw a maze. But you can't say the fourth day because that fourth day you were already Vipresha. That, that doesn't work. So we skip the number four here. We'll get back to that in a moment. Chamishi Shema Shvi. And maybe the fifth day is really your seventh day of exposure because maybe you saw Kohen. Maybe you, maybe you were Matame Mase two days before you entered into Prisha. Shishi Shema Shvi. And also Shvi Shema Shvi. That all makes sense. All of those days, I could do the math and come up with a calculation as to why it should be that we're doing a tzvila on that day out of concern that maybe it's either the third days for days one, two, and three of your prisha. Maybe it's your third day from being exposed to a mace. And as it relates to your seventh day, that that, that seventh day of becoming tame, uh, from the time you became tame mace, could either fall out on days five, six, or seven of your days of prisha. What doesn't make sense is el revi lamali, lamali azak clown. Think, just think about the math. It doesn't make any sense. If your if your fourth day is going if your fourth day of your prisha is your third day of tuma you are already nifrash you definitely did not touch a mace on day one of your prisha because you already nifrash can't be so the gemara says why would you need ever to do hazah on day four day four is an impossibility even if the only reason that you're doing hafrasha excuse me even if the only reason that you're doing hazah is because you're concerned about when he might have seen a mace and become Tameh prior to your days of Afrasha. But day four is never Shaykh. Neither way is it Shaykh, either to be day four or day seven. Lo b'shlishi ika l'svuke. It can't be day three because you were already b'afrasha. And lo b'shvika l'svuke either. That doesn't make sense either. We would have we would have known when it was. It would not have fallen out on that day. It would have been a day earlier. Says the Gemara. But hold on one second. L'tameh chazah kol shiva mi ika. That doesn't make sense no matter what you do. You can't say three and seven always work out because we know that Hazah is an Itzer Derabanan. The process of doing Hazah of the Mechatas, we treat it as an Itzer Derabanan. And it's not Doches HaShabbos. There's always going to be the day of the week when we don't do Hazah. So what? So it says the Gemara, It must be that 
that if the seventh day is Shabbos, whatever day is Shabbos, we skip the Hazar because it's an Isra de Rabbanon. And Hachanami here too, by day four, Shiva Labar Mishvi, Labar Mirvi. And also in the seventh day, we also skip day four. Good. You're asking a good Kashka. You're right. Mathematically, it's true that you should uh, that you should not have to do it on day four. Good. Don't do it on day four. You're absolutely correct. On my Rabba, halfway down on Chesim, on my Rabba Hilkach, therefore, Kohen Gadol B'Yom HaKippurim, See, Yom Kippur, we don't get to establish when Yom Kippur is. It's not like we choose. Yom Kippur is based on How do we determine Yom Kippur? Somebody looks up at the moon toward the end of Elul and they say, guess what? Which in this month is Rosh Hashanah. So it says, we don't get to choose when Yom Kippur falls out. We are always mafresh the Kohen Gadol on the third day of Tishrei, because it's seven days prior to the 10th of Tishrei, which is Yom Kippur. So, we can't get around that. No matter what, because we know when Rosh Chodesh fell out, we're always taking the coin on the third day of Tishrei to separate him. And therefore, however the days fall out in regards to Shabbos, they fall out. If the Hafrash is on a Shabbos, the Hafrash is on a Shabbos, and you skip the Hazad that day. If it's day two, three, four, we don't care when it is. But that's only in regards to the coin, Aval. Halfway down. When it comes to the paraduma, we can control when that happens. We don't have to do it on a particular day. It doesn't have a date on the calendar like Yom Kippur. So then we have a rule. We dafka take the Kohen and we separate him from the pack, the one who's going to do the paraduma. We always take him on a Wednesday. Why? Because then day four and day and, and Shabbos overlap. Because Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday's day one, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. And we said above in the Gemara, we're not going to do Hazan day four because it makes no sense to do Hazan day four. Let's overlap that with Shabbos, which anyways has the Yisr Deravanan of Hazan. Perfect. Says the Gemara, Mafrashinan lay, the Kohen is going to do the Parah Aduma. We separate him on a Wednesday. Brilliant. Says the Gemara that by the, when it comes to Yom Kippur, we don't have a choice. Tishrei starts when Tishrei starts. He's always separated on Gimel. When it comes to Paradum, when we get to choose, we will always separate. And this is Ladina quoted in the Rambam. Yep, put in the Rambam, in Hilchos Paraduma, that we always separate the coin for uh, the Hafrasha, for Paraduma, on a Wednesday, so that the fourth day will always overlap with Shabbos. That brings us to the, brings us to the two dots, two-thirds of the way down. We are about to jump into a, the beginnings of a sugya of a very, very well-known Gemara that we'll get to in Mirza Hashem tomorrow on, the, on a little bit on Daftes today. Uh, but more tomorrow on Daftesim and Beis about the Churban Beis Amikdash. And this Gemara is the lead into that conversation, as you will soon see. Two dots, ten lines from the bottom, two thirds of the way down, Chesim and Beis. We called it Lelishkas Parhedrin. Tanya, hold on one second. Rabbi Huda, well, Tanya Rabbi Huda, the Bryce, it says in the name of Rabbi Huda, Lelishkas Parhedrin Haisa. That was the name. That's not the name. Parhedrin is, we'll see soon, it's not a complimentary term. But it says, Vahalo Lishkas. Bilvate Haisa. The name of it was Bilvate, which had a very chashav. It was a chashav a name. It wasn't a, wasn't a technical name. It was a chashav a name. Ella, why did we change our name? Bitchila, Hayukornus Alishkas Belvati. We used to Belvate. We used to call it a wonderful name of Belvati. However, so in the beginning, when we were doing good, when the Kohan and Gedolim were chosen based on the content of their character, great, wonderful. Then we called it the right name of Belvate. That's what it was called. But all of a sudden, when people were starting to pay to get to the front, they were buying the Senate seat. 
So then that's not Kishmak. And then we, we renamed it to say that they were um, Parhedrin. What was the real Musar? We'll see on the top of the page what the real Musar was, but here's a slight foreshadowing. They never made it out of their year, these Kohanim Gedolim. And during the times of the second base of Mikdash, as we'll see, there were hundreds and hundreds of Kohanim Gedolim, which means that they died. What else had a 12-year shift? The role of a Parhedrin, which was like an administrative type of figure. And his job was a one-year job and he was gone. It was a knock to the Kohanim, to the Kohanim Gedolim, who were paying, paying to pave the way. You can't do that. I'm going to call you a parhedron so that the Kohen Gadol is getting the Musser, that you're being treated like the administrative staff who had got to, who traded out his job every 12 months. Let's dig in and see what the Mishnah has to say. But first, we're going to interrupt with, uh, it seems like it's out of left field. We'll come back to it in a moment, though. Tanan, the Mishnah writes, Tanan Hasam, about Nachtomen, bakers. Tanachtomen, if there are bakers, and what's missing in the Gemara here, here is what the, where the food came from. The Nachtomen who are taking food that was demai which had a potential risk of it not having been meusar from an anha arendt, anachtom and the bakers, lo chivu osan chachamim lahafrishal trumas maiser vachala. You are only obligated, the chachamim only obligated someone to take out the trumas maiser, to take out the, we'll see in a moment what that is, uh, and chala. That was it. You did not have to be mafrish anything else. Vishlama truma gadola. I understand why uh, we don't have to bring truma gadola. Vishlama truma gadola lo. Why don't I have to bring it to Tanya as we turn to the top of Tesmet Aleph? Because the Brisa writes, Lefisha shalach b'chol bul Yisrael. The Rosh ain't mafrish no truma gadola b'vat. That's it. We saw that uh, we saw that the Ameha Arts were being mafrish already. So because they were being mafrish, we didn't need to. We saw everyone b'chol gvulos Arts. Everyone was being mafresh trumagadola. So we didn't have to worry about the demai. The demai was the suffix meister, suffix lomeister of the, of the Amaharis. It became the social standard, halachic or otherwise. Everyone was being mafresh trumagadola, no problem. Meister, rishon, and meister, ani, namilo. I also don't have to be overly concerned about the meister, rishon, and the meister, ani. Why not? Because I'm mostly mecharel of araya. Oh, that's a gishmak term, which we're going to get back to in uh, some of the bavas. See, here, it could be that he was already mafresh, that the, that the, um, that the uh, no, Amaharitz was already was already gave, already gave these maestros. We don't know if he did or not. So once he possibly already gave it, I don't have to extend myself more than my, what might have already been done. And therefore, the one who's trying to extract money from me, the poor person would have to show me that the Amaharitz was never and had never gave maestro rishon or maestro ani. Ella, what's missing seemingly? Uh, a blaring omission from this Mishnah is why we don't speak about Meiser Shani, which can only be in Yerushalayim. Asks the Gemara four lines down, Meiser Shani, Nifrashu, Benisku, Venechlub Yerushalayim. It's too bad. You should be bringing that up to Yerushalayim. Why don't we do that? Amar Ula, let's get back to our sugya. Why, how does Ula answer the question of Meiser Shani? Ah, there's the Musr again. These one years, they had a one year lifespan, one year shelf life, says the Gemara. These one years, they made things very difficult for the Jews. They were telling everyone, sell cheap, sell very cheap. And therefore, because of, this is not such a simple thing of what's happening here, but the Mephorshim get into it, about what was happening. They were being pressured to sell things at a much cheaper value. They didn't want them to lose any more money. So therefore, we did not obligate them to bring their food up to my, as my Sershani. My parhedron. What does the actual word parhedron mean? Porsi. It's a reference to the role of a porsi, which was someone who was like a, a the article uses a funky word, like a, a superintendent or something. I don't know what that means. It was an administrative role, something along those lines. Okay. Now let's get into some musr and then we'll stop for the night. We're six lines down, seven lines down. Tessa Aleph, a third of the way down. Amar Rabba Bar Barchan Amar Yochanan. My dechsiv. 
what does the pasuk mean when it says Yiras Hashem Tosif Yamim Ushnot Rishaim Tiksarna? The fear of Hashem will add days, and the years of the evil will be short. What does that mean? It says the Gemara as follows: Yiras Hashem Tosif Yamim. When the pasuk says that fear of Hashem will add days, Zemikdash Rishon Shamar Arba Meos VeEser Shanim. There were four hundred and ten years of Mikdash Rishon of the first base of Mikdash. Over the course of that year, there were only 18 Kohan and Gedolim. Each of them had a significant tenure, right? Whatever the math is. Four, what? Yeah, it's very good. They all, they all had whatever the, that's the average. Of course, some longer and some, some less long. What about the second base of Mikdash? What does the second part of the Pasuk mean? That the years of the evil will be held short. Answers the Gemara, Zem Mikdash Sheni. What happened by Mikdash Sheni? Things were, were very bad. I mean, they were good enough to have a base of Mikdash, but they were very bad politically and religiously. She'amad dalad meos ve'esrim shana. Stood a little bit longer than the first. A good piece of trivia. Base of Mikdash number 1410. Base of Mikdash number 2420. Says the Gemara, dalad meos ve'esrim That's unbelievable. Because remember, the way you lose your status as a Kohen Gadol is by dying. So it was a very popular, desirable job. But I don't know why people weren't seeing the writing on the wall. Okay, fine. Kohen number one, Kohen number two. When you're like 100 in and you're like, yeah, I love this job. Let me pay to play. Like, I don't understand what was going on, but that was definitely happening. You want to die with Kavo. I mean, Kavo takes you out of the world. It's, it's kamikaze. It's a, it's, it's a suicide mission. What? Yeah. It says the Gemara in detail, two-thirds of the way down, second of the wide line. Same mehen, mem shana shashime shimonat tzadik. Some of the Kohanim Gedolim were geshmak. Shimonat tzadik, 40 years. He had a long tenure. Ushmonim shashime shyochanan kohen gadol. He, that's 80. So what are we up to now? That's 120 of the years. So we have about uh, exactly 300 years left. What? Yeah, we have 300 years left. Eser shashime shishmol ben pavi, 10 years. So all of these had reasonable tenures. They all made it through numerous years of Yom Kippur. It's unbelievable. 300 years every year the Kohen Gadol would die. It should be the job that no one would ever want, even though it's the job that a Kohen should really want deep down, but not this way, to do it right, to do it right. So starting tomorrow, five lines from the bottom, we're going to pick up and we're going to get into uh, what happened with the Bate Mikdash, the famous Gemara's about Sinas Chinam that we are uh, well aware of. We're in the Yumei Sfira, so appropriate to put a focus here as well. And we will pick up in your session from here tomorrow. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Good night. Good night.